video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch. Hello, my name is Dustin McLuhan. here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast. And this week, we have Blu-rays and DVDs to talk about, which is what we do every week. I don't know why I, like, stuttered. I was like, what do we... Well, we, we talked about donuts last week, remember? You can probably hear the uh, garbage truck outside my window that's going by right now. <laughs> that's okay. It gives it some, like, character, you know, Yeah, it's like we're at the store, which neither of us are right now, doing this podcast. Yeah, I love how this started off as being, like, the gimmick was we were doing it live from the store. And now we just don't do that anymore. But, you know, it's in spirit of the store. I'm still going in live to the store five days a week. I'm just not there right now. You'll never stop. You'll always be there. <laughs> Even if they close all essential businesses, you'll still be there because you have other responsibilities. My ghost will haunt that property forever. I'm telling yeah, you. You have unfinished business. You're looking for that Blu-ray of Loaded Weapon that uh, it's in the system but i can't find the disc. yeah i actually died centuries ago and i'm just a ghost roaming. oh my god and you're haunting yeah it used to be a library <laughs> yeah. yeah rent aspen extreme <laughs> yeah. aspen extreme you don't know it's based on sacred text and if it gets washed a hundred times it'll open a portal to hell and let me free because you're in hell for your sins of course yeah that's that's what happened there that's the story so jumping right into the cult section we have her and the Captive Women from my favorite boutique Blu-ray label, Film Detective. And why is it your favorite, Justin? Oh, wait, what's that? Uh, they sent me a free copy of this Blu-ray and they uh, wrote in the booklet of one of their releases. There we go. There you go. There it is. Also, they went from a company that would do scans of public domain films, drop them on DVD where people would be like, these look like crap, to... A company now that does remastered versions, big special editions on Blu-ray. They completely changed their business model. I mean, that's what they did with Hercules and the Captive Women, which is a famous sword and sandal film from the 60s, directed by a favorite of mine, Vittorio Catafavi. And they went all out on this because it has the MST3K version. It has a 4K remastered. It also has a new 15-minute featurette from Ballyhoo Motion Pictures, a booklet. Like, it's all out. And the only thing missing is the original language version of this film, which has 15 more minutes than this American cut. They're not trying to trick you because Hercules and the Captive Women is the American title of the film. Hercules Conquers Atlantis is the original Italian title. And I don't think this one is that expensive, no, is it? No, these releases are pretty cheap. We've got them for like 20 bucks, I believe. I really like Film Detective's new, you know, direction they're taking. Because for years, they like seemed like this classy label with their title and everything, but they really weren't doing anything and their discs were very expensive remember even ega was like 50 dollars, i think yeah yeah that one was made but that was the first one they did on this new kind of like direction of like all right we're gonna do blu-rays special editions like new scans before that they and were you want to just... take them aside and be like film detective look we know you're not paying for the rights for these movies. There's a reason these are the particular ones that you're releasing. <laughs> well, I think they learned because the pricing came down significantly right after that. I think Ego was the only one that was like insanely expensive. And now we've started getting them for a way well, I remember price. looking at the Blu-ray of, was it Black Dragon? The Ron Van Cleef film being like $40. <laughs> and it was crazy because they were just like badly pressed MODs. Not that there's anything wrong with MODs. <laughs> this is the stance of not, the... They, there were no new transfers or anything but they were kind of like selling it like it was a new transfer a lot of the time wait didn't they do new transfers didn't they just scan a print and put it on it i think that was their deal i don't know they put out a blu-ray of like beat the devil for instance right which people were like "Ooh, it's coming which is, which the is public, public domain, domain. Yeah. and it just didn't look good i mean it looked 
fine. Like they were advertising their stuff as like kind of like restored versions. That was part of their logo at the top, right? Well, that digitally remastered thing is on every bargain bin DVD, <laughs> like digitally remastered. And, and you know what? I can't hate I can't hate on that personally because, you know, I look at that and yeah, you get nostalgia for that. But I think a lot of people buying it who maybe aren't as savvy. Well, they wanted like a pristine exactly, version. Exactly, yeah. you know. It, it can be definitely a little tricky for people who don't know as much well, about it. Well, you'll never see digitally remastered on Gold Ninja Video Blu-rays anytime soon unless I can raise that $40,000 and get that Blackmagic film scanner. Anybody, any takers out there? I mean, I say this almost every two weeks where I'm like, if there's an eccentric... I don't, you know, I used to say millionaire. No, just someone with money to spare that would like to share money, invest money. Well, investment makes it sound like there'll be a return and there's none in this. So more of a donation. Yeah, there's no returns in this kind of thing. I yeah. will say I'm a non-for-profit, but I'm not registered. So it probably won't work for your taxes. This is just the Give Us Money podcast now, basically. Yeah, oh, I wish. So uh, moving on, we have Tower of Evil, a Scorpion Kino release. A group of experienced archaeologists are searching for an old and mystic Phoenician treasure when they are surprised by a series of mysterious murders. Do people like this one? I've never heard. Of it. There's like a million movies called Tower of Evil. Yeah, I know. I've never seen this. This has been out before uh, from Scorpion, I think, and now it's just kind of a re-release. Eh, yeah, it never sold like that well the first time. Sold a couple copies this time. I don't know. Seems like your typical gothic. But Kino's also putting out Dynasty 3D, a 3D martial arts film. I know you're excited about this one, right? Well, yeah, I'm excited. Not excited enough to like come down to the store the last week to pick it up, so I can't really talk about Things it. Things are a hellscape out there, so that's totally understandable. But I'm excited. Like this is a new remastered 3D version, and best of all, they also include the I can never say it right, the red and blue version, the lenticular. Um, it comes with glasses. That, yeah, that's what it is, right? Uh, which works for me better than the other one. Uh, this is my usual, you know, I should just get a pre-recording that's like 3D depth works for Justin, but the pop-out effect does not. <laughs> yeah. The, the great weight that I carry on my shoulders every day when I wake up. I know. With all those 3D Blu-rays that are coming out, right? Oh, I wish. I wish I could watch them. I have a 3D ready projector. Uh... But yeah, so how's this one been selling? You have big 3D heads, right? That come in and buy every 3D release? Yeah, I thought this one would sell better, but it actually hasn't moved that much. But usually we get like, there's like a crowd of 3D Blu-ray collectors that buy like every single one of these releases. So I'm sure they will be coming down for this at some point. I'm happy they included the red and blue version because usually they don't on these kinds no, of things. they should. They should. Because that's like what 3D kind of is to me, you know? Like, that's the classic 3D for me. They don't make 3D TVs anymore uh, in North America, so, like, you're screwed if you want to... Yeah, but they keep... Studios mainly phased it out, except for Warner Brothers, who still put, like, Wonder Woman 1984 out on 3D, which was kind of strange. Yeah, they did a 3D Blu-ray of that, so... But I think they're the only studio that still produces 3D stuff. I feel like we've talked about this before. Like, it's big in Germany. They post-convert. 3D movies like they just run it through a filter to make it in 3D on some of them so like god I know it looks so bad it looks so bad so I have Iron Master out on Blu-ray from Code Red Kino this is an Umberto Lenzi sword and sandal in the 80s joint so not like um, Hercules and the Captive Women this is the post-Conan ripoffs that came. There was a lot of them, and this is one uh, of them. Yeah, don't know much about this one. I think we covered this last week you've seen one Umberto Lenzi yeah, exactly. film yeah, okay, we, uh, we've been here. I've seen this one this one's fun actually so I would recommend. But again, like Converto Lenzi, have you seen Conquest? 
Watch that first before you check this one out. Yeah. <laughs> Lucio Fulci's Classic Conquest. We also have Blast Fighter. Ooh, I can get behind this one. I really like this one. It's a Rambo, uh, Rambo-ish ripoff. Like, that's the kind of, you know, thing they're piggybacking off of. Directed by Lamboto Bava, the director of Demons. One of his good movies. He made in that, like, very small window. And I believe it has all the uh, special features that I paid an arm and a leg for when I had to order them from Ronin Flicks. <laughs> yep, that's the code red Well, way, not anymore. Right? Now that Kino's got their gri- grips in them. Kino? as we said the disney of blu-ray they now own basically everything so they own because they now own code red scorpion they also own cinema guilt uh do they own cinema guilt or they own cinema something i thought cohen they own cohen yeah that's what it is they own cohen exploitation now i think actually oh was that its own thing before or was it always like a kino subsidiary that was its own thing before people on the edge of their seats being like oh i can't wait to see what else they are <laughs> i know such scintillating conversation i here. feel like we figured out what they're a subsidiary of and i don't remember what it is oh man there's too many labels out there it's connected in different ways that i just can't keep them straight anymore yeah kino's just grabbing it all i mean they're just licensing like universal's vaults now too they got the studio canal stuff they're just got they had like the uh, hollywood touchstone pictures stuff stuff for a while like yet they haven't put out the first stakeout yet i guess they're waiting for criterion to put it out they they put out the sequel another stakeout which was the same studio so i i don't understand why that hasn't happened you know who kino doesn't own full moon full, full moon's doing its own thing that's for sure well mvd owns full moon right full moon is also jumping in the boutique uh blu-ray thing uh releasing a whole bunch of films nobody really wants but suckers like me will buy watch once and go oh man this isn't good and <laughs> But, and they made the right choice. They are very cheap as well. They are. They are. So, yeah, these won't cost you much. I don't know if they come with much on them, though. Yeah, we didn't they? mention what yeah. uh, movies being released this week. It's Night of the Eagles, a.k.a. Follow the Eagles, a Jess Franco film, one of his return to commercial filmmaking. And it features Christopher Lee, I think. And Mark Hamill. <laughs> So wild cast here. I think Donald Pleasance might be in this too. Yeah, everybody says it's pretty bland, but it's uh, according to Full Moon, a new scan, 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 scan. Yeah. So you've never seen this, eh? You're, you're a Franco head over there. I probably yeah. buy because I looked and I was like, I don't know how much is it at base? Like eighteen ninety five. It's fairly cheap relatively speaking that's yeah. what i thought yeah because i saw like 15 us on a website and i'm like that is a price point i can get behind maybe i'll even pick up the one i made fun of a few weeks ago naked girl uh murdered, murdered in, the, in park. the park yeah <laughs> we still have copies of those speaking yeah. of uh peplums i watched a peplum that that director made and it was fun conquerors of atlantis yeah it was like lawrence of arabia so moving on we have blind fury from mill creek they have they put this out like 30 times? No, this is... Well, these are late. So disclaimer alert for all the Mill Creek titles on this list today. These were due out back in January due to some hiccups with our supplier that involved Walmart for some reason. It's a long story. Don't ask. Uh, all of our Mill Creek product from that one street date got held up for like... What is it now? Three months? Three months later? They were holding them hostage. There had to be... yet, And you don't negotiate with terrorists, so you had to go in with your crack commando squad to get copies of Blind Fury, which it better have that VHS cover. It does. Oh, I was just going to say, this is a batch of VHS retro covers right here. <laughs> but I've never seen Blind Fury, actually. Is it as fun as it's people... It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I watched it many, 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 many years ago. Philip Noyce. Um, yeah, not, not that much of a fan. Yeah, I'm watching Patriot Games now, actually, randomly. 
Philip Noyce aside. Like right now, like as we're talking. Well, I was in the middle of it, and then are the Blu-ray I was watching crapped out. But um, you knew too much. It was giving you too much. You know what? Yesterday I was watching Spy Games, so we were really on our uh, high tech thriller. There, yeah, exactly. On our dad thriller watch, you know. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, his stuff, like you know, it's competent. I mean, he made the same. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He, he made Dead Calm, but like I've said before. Supposedly George Miller directed most of that. Yes. Um, he made The Bone Collector, which is not a very good movie at all. Um, you know, Rabbit Proof Fence was good, I though. I guess. It's no Monster's Ball. I always get both of them confused. <laughs> Monster's Ball, right? Monster's Ball is the one where, like, Dracula and Frankenstein, they all get together. And they, yeah, right? Yeah. It was a sequel to The Monster Mash. The the, the Merchant Ivory version of, version of The Monster Mash. <laughs> I should say, me and Mark, I believe we still have not seen any Merchant Ivory films, right? I was thinking about that a few weeks ago. Nope, I'm still on the zero for zero. uh... How would we make a rule? The next Merchant Ivory film that comes out, automatic blind buy that week. Sounds good. I'm sure Cohen will put one out in a few months' time I mean, yeah, or something. Don't they so. have like a like a rule that they have to get has to come out every few weeks? Cohen, Cohen, or Kino? <laughs> Who knows at this point? Who knows? From Mill Creek, we also have Ultraman Tarot. Oh man, another Ultraman. Yeah. Can you tell? Can you tell us about this iteration of Ultraman? No, I don't Justin? know anything about. I'm just waiting, and they announced it. The Ultraman Mega Monster Galaxy, the movies, coming to Blu-ray with the series that it spawned. That's the one I've been waiting for. So when that comes out, I'm very excited. And now we move on to the classic section. We have. Let's just go through these. I haven't seen any of these unless you have. Uh, we we've got a lot of real classics on this though. You know, History is made at night. A Frank Borzage movie. Yeah, yep. Frank Borzage. Yeah, he's just made like about a hundred films, right? And they're all. We also have Sensation Seekers, a chapter in her life, uh, a new Kino release. I believe these are our Lois Weber movies, right? Yeah, Lois Weber double feature. So for you silent film buffs out there, we have Nothing But the Truth, a new release from Kino. Elliot Nugent is the only note that I wrote. <laughs> wrote Elliot here. Nugent. Yeah, I do not uh, know well, what that this means. This is another one of their Bob Hope. They're just releasing More like. Bob Every Bob Hope no. movie at this time. Yeah, every Bob Hope movie is coming out on Blu-ray. Well, at least they got my back with two box sets, Carol Lombard Collection 2 and Western <laughs> Classics 2. So if you liked Carol Lombard Collection 1 and Western Classics 1. They're here. The sequels are here. Are they reasonably priced or are they yeah, like... you're looking at about 45 bucks for Way these. too much. Wasn't Western Classics 1 like 30 bucks? Yeah, they're usually like 45. They come with three films. Yeah, of but which like I most people probably only want one of those films, it. if that. Yeah, and the problem is they're not like, you know, big, big films. So. Oh, but we got big films on this list. We got The Producers and Spaceballs, the Mel Brooks classics. Mel Brooks double feature here. Um, well, The Producers was obviously out before from Shout Factory before they lost the rights to that. Uh, so this is just kind of a re- – their packaging is a special edition, but I think it ports over a lot of the stuff that the Show Factory edition have. But they also leave something off of the Show Factory edition. So, But they might add one more little interview thing. Wait, but the Spaceballs have the um, animated web sequels that Mel Brooks made uh, many, many, many years later? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> Are they <laughs> – like a Spaceballs head. Ooh, I am a definitely a Spaceballs head. I, Spaceballs was probably one of my favorite movies as a child. I thought it was so funny. Did you see the screening that happened at the review of the work print, the 35mm work no. print that played? No. Oh, I have never I been at a that. screening where it's been more like dead silence, watching like just like extended scenes, unfinished effects. Like, Oh, God. Yeah, I'm sure that'd ruin it. I mean, 
I don't know. I just it's been a long time since I've actually rewatched it, but I used to watch it ad nauseum as a kid, and I just thought it was the funniest thing ever. But I liked, you know, I loved Mel Brooks back then. Have you seen the? Yeah, you hate him now. <laughs> You're like, I don't like his attitude. Yeah, I just don't. You know, I was just like obsessed with spoof movies as a kid. Like I, I'm sure a lot of us were, and you know, his stuff was just great. Where's my loaded weapon special edition? Please, where's Warner Archive to step in with the loaded weapon? Uh, yeah, who Blu-ray? owns the rights to loaded weapon? I think it's well, it was New Line, so I think it's Warner. Yeah, I think it's oh, a it's Warner. Warner? Uh, we're never gonna get. That then. I don't know. I mean, if they release Judgment Night on Blu-ray, they can release Loaded Weapon. But I want like a Blu-ray. Loaded Weapon special edition. I want, I want Samuel Jackson and Emilio Estevez doing commentary track in character. <laughs> yeah, I would pay. Bruce Willis is like on the menus. Like he's like, oops, sorry, wrong movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, money, you know, money can be made here, people. Money yeah, can they're be just made. throwing it out the window. That and uh, Scream when uh, Shriek whatever last summer oh shriek if you know what i did last friday superior to scary movie in my opinion superior i liked it i mean it's been a long time but i liked it when i rented it there's a really funny montage of like all the bad stuff they did why they think the killer would come after them and like one of the people is like ripping off the tag from the mattress that says do not rip and that's the flashback that they oh, I gotta have. get me a copy of that on DVD. It has commentary on it too. I believe it's long out of print. Really? Yeah, because I would have rented it on VHS probably back then. It came in the out day. the same within months of Scary Movie. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember wanting to because I saw Scary Movie in theaters with my dad when I was probably much too young to see Scary Movie in theaters. But um, and then I remember that came out and I had to watch it. Uh, right Shriek, away. if you know what I did last Friday the Thirteenth, has. Uh, rapid fire joke pace like that just blows all the other ones out of the water there's a i remember the end joke where like they keep pulling the mask off and it's like oh wait no there's another mask and it's like it's tom arnold's like evil twin or something like that that ends up yeah they had some good gags in that who directed that uh just like a nobody who went on to be like a tv person yeah i think one of the guys ended up being in the scary movie franchise afterwards or like some of the cast members maybe not yes the main guy that became like the scary movie star in scary movie like three, four, you know, the guy who does the eight mile parody. He's in he's in Shriek. Is he really good for him? Good for him. They're like the poor man's Ken Marino. Like he kind of looks like Ken Marino. <laughs> That's a great way to describe him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm seeing pictures of him here. Of course. What's it? Simon Rex? That's what his name oh, is. Okay. That that uh, scary movie three, so funny. Anyway, oh, I love scary movie three. Yeah, it's the best one. Best one of the series. The, um, that that uh, signs ride where they recreate the shot of like going over like uh, you know in signs where Mel Gibson seeing his dead wife, and then it, like you see uh, the guy that hit his wife, and he's like, "Hey man, I'll need a ride back home." <laughs> That's my favorite. My brother and I were obsessed with that movie and used to quote that to to each other incessantly. Just that line. We'd see each other after school. Hey, man, I need a ride home. <laughs> that one has a really... Yeah, because it's a ring parody, too. And there's that sequence where the woman's it's like... mostly a ring parody. Pretending yeah. to die. And she's like, oh! <laughs> she's like, I gotcha. And she's like, wow, you're really committed. You pissed yourself. And she's like, yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> I think you just want to watch Scary Movie 3 again. Great movie. Classic film. Classic uh, An film. amazing commentary track where the director uh david zucker and craig i don't remember his last name but he would go on to be the showrunner and screenwriter of chernobyl being like oh this joke man what were we thinking (laughs) it's good last time charlie sheen was probably legitimately funny yes uh he gets bonked in the head a lot in that movie uh, where's our Hot Shots Part 2 special edition? Even the Hot Shots special edition, where's that? Yeah, one? I'm not a big Hot Shots fan. Okay. <laughs> oh, Mark's face fan, eh? just like dropped. He yeah. was like... No, that's fine. I mean, Part 2 is great too. Hot Shots I, 2 I like has both. the greatest spoof joke ever, which is, I loved you in Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> people listening are like, what are they talking about? <laughs> like, unless well, you know, no, we started with Spaceballs, so we've just descended down the spoof. But just like uh, telling jokes from the movie. So uh, moving on, we have The Other Side of the Mountain. Now, I don't know what these movies are, but you get both of them, one and two. Yeah, I didn't really know these either. These are love, sappy looking love stories from the 70s. Uh, kind of like came in the wave of Love Story, you know, and all those sappy kind of movies uh, about, and which was kind of about the first, one of the first portrayals of paraplegics, seriously. It was about a woman, you know, a skier who gets injured in an accident, and then she's trying to like deal with that. She falls. Wait, in love. does she get injured the sec in the second movie too? She's like, I broke my other I, leg. I've never heard of these movies, but they're releasing both of them next. You know, they came out one after the other. But this is coming out, but Hot Shots one and two isn't. I think it was nominated for an Oscar for best song. I know, right? Or is Keaton? Well, those are Fox, though. You know, so. who owns the rights to Fox? Oh, Disney does. That's right. Listen, Kino gave me Mafia with a commentary track where the director and the screenwriter are like, what are what were we even parodying here? <laughs> like, they don't even know anymore. Uh, and we also have The Wildlife finally coming to Blu-ray. The art... Finally. <laughs> well, it, it's one that forever had been unavailable due to music rights issues. The unofficial sequel... Is it? Well, semi-sequel to Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And it's this week's Blind By... What? Blind By! Blind By time. Well, The Wildlife, yeah. I mean, you're right, though. This is is one that's been unavailable for a while because I do remember a customer a long time ago at the store desperately wanting a copy of this on DVD and it's available as like a universal MOD now but I think at that time it wasn't and I guess yeah because of the music rights issues it was just impossible to find but a lot of people who saw this in the 80s seem to really like it. <laughs> I think the I, I see where Mark is going with his opinion on this film. Okay, well, let's just come out and say it. Did you, did you enjoy The Wild Life? Um, you know what? I thought it was actually fairly realistic in its portrayal of people who are essentially moving on to a different phase of adulthood and making all the wrong choices along the way. And... I'll give it that, but I don't want to hang out with these people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say this movie didn't really do much for me. Well, I mean, Chris Penn, who stars in the movie at his most muscular, is a real piece of shit as the main character of this film. Oh, boy. But I mean, we've watched a lot of 80s comedies on this podcast now, and I'm kind of, you know, you know, you, when you watch an 80s comedy, you expect the usual misogyny, homophobia, racism that emerges out of these, you know, largely white male centric visions. Um, so that didn't really surprise me about that. I think I just found none of the characters engaging enough to really care about their, like, random exploits in this movie, no, you know? yeah, because you got, like, dweeb Eric Stoltz, which we love. We love Eric Stoltz. You got, like, wrestler um, Chris Penn. You have, um, what's her name? Back to the Future, Caroline in the City. Yeah, Leah Thompson. You had the weird science kid in there, um, Elan Mitchell Smith, Rick Moranis. Yeah, I like it's trying to be that sort of, yeah, la you know, last week of summer, they just, you just watch their exploits. I mean, it's got a bit of the Animal House thing. I guess it's got the Fast Times at Ridgemont High thing. I don't know. I like, I like the vibe of, I like the 80s vibe of it at first. And, you know, I, the, but the situations they get themselves into, I just feel like I've seen in any number of, like, these kind of movies. And, you know, they go to the strip club. They, like, you know, have a huge party at the end that turns into, like... A... Yeah, so the main plot is that Chris Penn moves in to, like, a singles condo place with Eric Stoltz. Did you ever have a bad roommate in your life, Mark? No, not like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've had, like, yeah, questionable roommates. But nobody that, like, I really... Was, like, really a problem or anything. I, when I moved to Toronto, did... I was the Chris Penn ish well i never threw any parties but like i moved in with a friend from school 
like in college, I would see all the time. And once we moved in, like we hated each other. We like never saw each other. Right. At one point he yelled at me. He was like, you bring strangers and women here all the time. <laughs> I don't know who they are. And like, since we moved out after a year, we've never spoken to each other again. Yikes. I mean, that'll do it, right? You never really know somebody until you live with them. So <laughs> It's weird because it's like, like we had a giant living room and we never stayed in it because no one wanted to interact with the other person. So we'd stay in our respective rooms where all he would do was watch Friends and, I kid you not, The Simple Life. That's a very specific taste. There. I remember okay. well, once having to go into his room and just seeing stacks of those DVDs lying all over the place. <laughs> stacks of Friends and Simple Life DVDs. I mean, that aspect of this is like, is interesting, but I just don't even, I don't even think about that apartment relationship that much when I'm thinking about this movie. I just think about like a bunch of random teen characters getting involved in some hijinks and like it's one like, of the plots is just like a guy is obsessed with a vietnam vet it's like what is going on yeah like, the weird science kid and you know it co- leads to like a cameo from randy quaid as like a psycho vietnam so vet basically guy, but playing himself just playing himself you know um but yeah that didn't really do much i don't know i just it's one of those movies that you just watch and like i just get less and less interested in it as it goes along i'm yeah, just like, i didn't really like laugh or anything like that didn't really care how, how things turned out for the characters and it ends in this like big party sequence where they have a party at this apartment it gets really out of control they're like busting through the walls it's like one of those you know old school 80s kind of like house apartment parties and but i didn't even like it wasn't even really but you know there's no bill paxton turning into shit monsters or anything like that like in weird science yeah it's not like the weird science party at the end it's not like but it's not even like just a regular sort of like cool 80s high school movie party that i remember liking in movies it's just like the end of a movie that yeah it's just kind of uncomfortable yeah it's like i don't want to like there's enough stuff here that i can uh relate to or new people like this it's like i don't want to hang out yeah they're all just assholes at the end of the day just like real people just like real people me you yeah, so I think it's it's the kind of movie that, like, I guess maybe if I was a teenager and saw this, I would like it. Maybe in the 80s? In the 80s. I mean, because it's selling well. We've actually sold, like, way more copies of this so far than I would think. So people, there's clearly a fan base for this, but, like, coming at it now, like, when you're in your 30s. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> sure, like, no thanks. I mean, it's fine. So no blind buy for me, no recommendation. I mean, I have a confession to make, though. I've actually never seen Fast Times at Ridgemont Oh, High. it's very good. Yeah, I need to. I mean, the Criterion's coming out soon, so maybe I'll rectify that in time for is the criterion of fast time with Ridgemont High coming out? Oh, yeah, next month, next month. But no, for this one, I wouldn't blind buy this. Unless you're just, I would say this is strictly for people who kind of like grew up in this movie or saw yeah, it. Yeah, I the think time. that's the audiences that they're pitching themselves to. Which is fine. And that's the thing. Like, it's good that it's out there now. Like, I think these things should be available. What is the 90s, like, teen comedy that you watch and you're like, ah, yes, this is me? Definitely She's All That, right? Because you're like, I'm like the woman and she's all that. I mean, it was Can't Hardly Wait for a while. But when I rewatched that maybe like five to ten years ago, it comes off a lot more creepy and offensive. I really like Can't Hardly Wait when I watched it like two years ago. I don't know. It just came off like kind of lame. The guy, the main guy in it, Ethan Embry, just came off really lame to me. And honestly came off just as creepy and like ass abusive like as the jock guy really because it's that different kind well, of you're canadian so it has to be a canadian movie so definitely like kitchen party or oh i love kitchen party <laughs> yeah big, big gary burns fan here yeah kitchen party is great what happened to gary burns he made a documentary i think a few years ago but yeah he kind of evaporated it's a shame because he's like a canadian filmmaker that really never he was like the clerks of Canada for a while. The Kevin Smiths, I mean, not the clerks. I really like his first one that was released by Troma. Yeah, The Suburbinator. 
Wars. Yeah, that was cool. And then Kitchen Party is just great. It's just so, if you haven't seen Kitchen Party, I highly recommend and it. Where the big drama is like the carpet. <laughs> that they can't get anything on the carpet. But I, get, I relate to that because I remember vacuuming in the carpet doing that, you know. Trying to I got to bring the Gary Burns. It's weird because like everybody I knew in college had like a copy of like a problem with fear, like sitting on their like table. Remember that you one? No, I've never actually seen. I think that's the one of his films I never saw for some reason. I'm going to look online right now. Like Gary Burns is somewhere. We said his name three times. He's going to like show up like Beetlejuice because no I one ever. I looked him up recently. I think, yeah, he just made, he made a film a few years ago, but it didn't really get that much press or it didn't really get out there much. Wow, his career essentially ended in 2003. That was it. Yeah. So Man Running, he directed a couple Man years Running. ago. Man Running, he made it in 2018. Yeah. But I saw, yeah, like Radiant City, The Future Is Now. They were good. But um, yeah, way down, I love Way Downtown too. That is a I gotta cool watch rate. it again. I feel like I would like it more. Filled with like people where you're like, oh yeah, I remember those Canadian people. Yeah, Don McKellar. Yeah, exactly, right? Filippo, yeah, wait. Who stars in A Problem With Fear? Because I recognize that face. Uh, Paulo Costanzo. He's, he's from Road Trip, right? Um, I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, he was on a TV show for Oh, a while, I was going to say, what like um, TV show is he on? And he was on Designated Survivor. Right, yeah. Yeah. The Expanse, Royal Pains. Ugh. Oh, Royal Pains. That's what it well, was. Well, he was on 46 <laughs> episodes of everyone's favorite, Joey. <laughs> right. I remember when Joey premiered and seeing him in the ads because like, like he's a Canadian actor, right? So we would see him around a lot. So moving on, we have North Shore from Kino. I am not familiar with this one. Directed oh, by William You're Fox. not familiar with this one? <laughs> oh, wait. I, this is, oh, Mark all over. Well, you know what? I, I checked this one out this week because I'd never actually seen this before. But this is a surfing movie from the 80s. So definitely up my alley. In the 80s, though. I thought you would be more of a 90s surfing kind of guy. Yeah, it's actually from 87 um you know what it's a lot like rad which we talked about a couple weeks ago same kind of plot line as rad basically like you know just some surfer from a small town goes to the big leagues in hawaii and like it's tangled up with an evil surf team he falls in love with somebody it's like this whole thing um it's okay it's cheesy it's not as fun as something like rad but i don't know i had some fun with it so again so it's, it's no rad you're trying to say but it's funny the director i think it's william phelps is his name i don't think it's really made anything else clearly i think he was like a surfing guy or shot surfing stuff he's working on a sequel right now <laughs> oh can we get a north shore versus aspen extreme film going? yeah there's a bit an Aspen Extreme vibe to it so I, yeah I can get behind this film so we also have Isn't She Great from 2000 I've never heard of this movie before this is with Bette Midler yeah An unsuccessful over the top actress becomes a successful over the top authoress in this biography of Jacqueline Susan the famed writer of Valley of the Dolls I remember this movie got terrible reviews when it came out that's all I remember about this it was like I think it was when I first started reading reviews or becoming becoming aware of reviews and I just know this got terrible ones but yeah it's with Bette Midler and Nathan than Lane, I think. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. I think it's directed by Andrew Bergman, the guy who did... Uh, Andrew Bergman uh, seems to have a lot of films on the list this week because he has another one coming up as well. He does, yes. It's going to be an Andrew Bergman too. So first. we also have September 30th, 1955, yet another film about James Dean. Yeah, but this is from James Bridges, the guy who made... Um, Mike's Murder. That's what it is. People like Mike's Mike's Murder. Oh, right? yeah. We know some people who are obsessed with yeah, Mike's Murder. Yeah, he made Perfect. He made, you know, he made The China Syndrome. He made some stuff that people seem to like. So maybe they'll like this. Uh, we also have Big Night, the Stanley Tucci directed. He directed it, right? Uh, he did with Campbell Scott, I think. I think they co-directed it. Um, this is, you know, huge because it's been out of print for years and people love this movie. I've, I've never seen this movie, but people really it's love this. It's not mega price, right? Well, it's an Australian import, so it's like... 
$38.95, I want to say. It's around there. It's not as bad as the imprint. Oh, yeah, or the indicator ones. Yeah, but it also doesn't come with any special features. Really? I'm surprised. Not a single one. It's just the film. This is probably one of the most popular rentals titles we have, like we have at the store since when I started, where people love this movie. Love this movie. So we also have Crossroads, my favorite Walter Hill film. I'm kidding. That's not true. Uh, people seem to like this movie, though. It's like The Karate Kid. It stars Ralph Macchio, but it's not about fighting. It's about playing that guitar. Uh, we also have The Freshman from Mill Creek. Uh, it's another Andrew Bergman Back to film. Andrew Bergman. And, you know, comedy legend Marlon Brando. And <laughs> comedy legend Marlon Brando. And Matthew Broderick. I've never seen this one either, actually. So. Listen, he can never get enough Godfather parodying, right? Like, it never gets old. Isn't he just doing the Godfather in this? That's all this is, right? That's the joke. That is the joke. I only like one old guy at college movie, and that movie's called Back to School. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> we also have Like Father, Like Son. No, it is not Hirokazu Kurita film. This is the much better 1986 film with uh, Dudley Moore, I oh, think. Oh, God. Dudley Moore and Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron. Jesus, yeah. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, where they switch places. It's like a Freaky Friday thing, right? Yeah, they switch personalities. Son and the father. I don't no, know. thank you. No, nobody cares about this. No, no. Throw it in the garbage bin. I should have suggested this for the blind buy, actually. <laughs> you should have. That would have been fun. I know. It came in last minute. I didn't know we were getting it. So, we also have new stuff. Oh, new, new stuff. New, 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 new. All right. Well, there's actually not much, so so let's talk right off the top. We've got I guess the biggest movie this week, Boss Level, the new Joe Carnahan uh, film. We spent a lot of time talking about Joe Carnahan a couple <laughs> I know, weeks ago. We have. Um, I've seen this because I reviewed it and I didn't like it very much. So oh, I yeah. think it, it's a fun idea that I got bored with after 20 minutes. Yeah, I thought it was really obnoxious. Um, hey, you're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought it was super obnoxious for the first half hour. I actually kind of settled into it a bit more as it like went along. But I still didn't really like it that much. So, uh, Moving on, we've got Leap of Faith, William Friedkin on The Exorcist. So yeah, this Another is the big... William Friedkin documentary. Another William Friedkin doc. This is from the guy who did the Memory Alien Origins doc to, um, yeah, I don't really care about this. I'm glad you found a good racket. Like, you make documentaries about movies people know that have been documented to death. If you've read, like... Uh, what is it? Easy, Rider, um, Raging Easy Riders, Bulls, Raging yeah. Bulls. That's, yeah, you get all the Friedkin on the Exorcist content you need there. Just read that book. Uh, moving on, more film documentaries. We got Clapboard Jungle from Arrow, which is from local filmmaker Justin McConnell, where he interviews a bunch of people, like famous directors, about how hard it is to make a film. I, mean, I was not interviewed for this documentary, so I'm going to dismiss it out of hand. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, clearly, you know, Arrow's put the, like, deluxe treatment into this. Peter Kaplan. He's on the back of the cover. Guillermo del Toro, Peter Kowalski. Yeah. yeah, no, he's on the back of the Gravitas Ventures DVD. He didn't. He didn't make it on the Arrow cover. Does yeah. he have like a painted drawing of himself on no, the front cover? No, I don't think he got that. Unfortunately, Why he, get that? he didn't get that. No, no. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't seen this. Uh, a lot of people seem to like it though. So there you go. Moving on, we've got more documentaries. A Case of My Home, which is about a Romanian family who I think has to move from their like rural area because of developments into the city and they're trying to figure it out. Uh, it's supposed to be really good. Really want to check this one out. We've also got My Rembrandt, which is an art documentary about Rembrandt. So I feel like The Exorcist. I've heard everything I need to know about Rembrandt. Uh, we got some foreign, cool foreign stuff. we got Fire Will Come, which is from uh, director Oliver Lache, who is a guy... I really like. I haven't seen this one yet, but he made a movie called Mimosas a few years ago, which is really good. 
Uh, this is a Galician film, and it's about a guy Galician. Galician. Yeah. What is what is it? What, what country is that? Where is Galician? Yeah, oh, that's the language. So Galician people is autonomous community located in northwestern Spain. Interesting. So yeah, a community that doesn't really get on film much, but he uh, has been making films about kind of that community for a little while, and this is his latest one, really well acclaimed. Uh, then we've got a Hungarian film called Preparations to Be Together for an Unknown Period of Time. What a title. Um, I have actually seen this one, and eh, it's not so great. It, like, it's kind of like a... I mean, it's about like an, a neurosurgeon who comes back to Budapest after she's been like in New Jersey for a while, and she comes back because she met some doctor at a conference in America, and they were like, oh, we're going to meet in Budapest and like go on a date. They like fell in love, but basically she goes to find him and he says he doesn't know who she is so she kind of spends the whole movie stalking him and then like wondering if she her mind is all right it sounds great it like has that like stalker thriller kind of thing but then it just kind of turns into like a really bougie bland love story that has like such like a whimper of an ending so yeah i don't know this one didn't do much for me uh, but then we got fukushima 50 which is uh, a japanese film about the fukushima na- uh, nuclear disaster which happened about a decade ago when the tsunami and earthquake hit uh, stars Ken Watanabe, and yeah, it's like a big-budget Japanese kind of, like, biopic, so that's uh, hitting our shelves here. Uh, and then we got I Blame Society, which is like an American indie comedy horror about an aspiring filmmaker who starts to kill people to, like, make movies or something like that. I saw this last movie, American Skin, and I was like, why did Mark put this as last? Because usually he puts the trash, and then I looked and I read the synopsis, and I'm like, Oh, you know, it's about like police killings of black people. Whoa, why did he put this last? And then I looked, oh, who directed? Oh, no. Last title on this list is American Skin, the follow-up feature for Nate Parker, director of The Birth of a Nation. Yikes. So Nate Parker's back, eh? Um, I didn't... He never left. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, his career seemed to be effectively killed after the birth of a nation. Well, they were the... like Oscars. Like... Well, yeah, it was like his his rise and fall that year was crazy. Like he was like the hottest thing out of Sundance. Got the biggest. The film had Cannibal Army Hammer in it. I know they were talking it up as the big Oscar contender, and then by before it even premiered at TIFF, his history came out about how he and another person raped a girl in college, and yeah, the, or allegedly raped a girl in college. But, you know, he was, yeah, basically his career was basically canned after that, rightfully so, especially since he didn't really seem to show any remorse for it or anything. That was before Me Too, right? Yeah, it was. It was. So, and then, yeah, Army Hammer was also in this movie. And I remember, you know, early warning sign for Army Hammer. Army Hammer, you know, defended him pretty hard back at that time. So, you know, and now look where Army Hammer is now. Eating human flesh. (laughs) Yeah, eating human flesh. How many chances does Army Hammer have to get to be a star right like he starred in so many movies and people are like we don't want this why do you keep giving it to us now they don't know what to do with uh, this death on the nile movie that he stars in right it's like completely done and everything but like well he's one of the guys right well he's like one of the main guys though apparently they can't like cut him out of it Can or they anything cgi so. a christopher Plummer in they there they could <laughs> But anyways, back to Nate Parker, unfortunately. Um, He has somehow made another movie. I mean, I guess it's not that surprising since these guys always come back. It's strange with him because he's definitely so... His movies are really about trying to be about progressive issues and exposing both the history of racism in America with the birth of a nation and then modern day racism in America now with American skin. And yet he's got so... He's got such a problematic personal history that it's like... 
hard to, you know, it's not like he's just out there making like dumb, you know, crass, dumb movies. He's like trying to make statement films. And yet he is like apparently such an awful human being. So, I mean, it's a little discouraging, too, to see Spike Lee is actually like a presenter on this. And I, I really love Spike Lee. Big, big fan of Spike Lee. Not a huge fan of him getting behind this movie so much. But at the same time, it is about police violence against black against black people in america definitely like a really important prevalent issue right now so i mean it's great that there are movies being made about it it's just like (laughs) nate parker nate parker and the thing is too he stars in it as well it's not even like he's just directing wrote directed and stars in these movies so they really are just like they almost come off more like vanity projects for him than like actual kind of serious movies but i again i haven't seen this movie you haven't seen this movie, so... So, that's it for the Bay Street Video Podcast. Uh, as per usual, uh, let's get an Ontario update of what's going on. Never been worse. <laughs> well, it's probably the worst it's ever been. We're actually getting, like, recording world attention now for how bad it is in, in Ontario, specifically. I think the rest of the world is looking at us right now, being like, what the fuck is going yep, on? Uh, now, police presence in the streets. You are technically not allowed to leave for non-essential business, but all stores are allowed to stay open. So I still have to go into work every day, but I guess I could be stopped on the street by a cop on my way there who could then ask me what I'm doing out. And then it's up to them if, uh, you know, that's a viable answer or not. But also at the same time, who am I kidding? They're not going to stop me because I'm a white guy. And they're like definitely targeting more racialized communities right now, which is where COVID is spreading. And it's just a horrible, horrible state of affairs in this province right now. Uh, the American um, federal government didn't care about them. They still don't really care about them. Yeah, but they're doing, I, I would argue they're doing a better job now than we are. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because uh, they have, well, we, we should say, though, that one of the reasons that we don't have vaccines is that America's blocking any shipments from coming to Canada. True, but I don't know. There's a lot that could be done here that is not being done. So it's, yeah, it's very, very discouraging. Oh, that's definitely not being done because they're incompetent. And also, they're in the pocket of stuff like big uh, construction. Go construction. (laughs) But, you know, buy some Blu-rays. And obviously, we're not trying to get anybody to come down because, you know, it's not safe out there. People should stay home. But we do, if you are close, we're doing curbside pickups. And we do ship. So give us a call or something. So on that note, keep on buying. And keep on renting. Clapboard Jungle, because you gotta support local Toronto Justins that make movies. These movies and many more are available at your local video store. Well, yeah. Impossible Horror, then Clapboard Jungle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. <laughs> Listen, there's some copies sitting in that bargain bin of Bay Street Video. You gotta go and buy it, guys. <laughs> I think we're all out, actually. I need to get some more from you. Yeah.